It's men's night. sleep. I hope that if God's bothering you about something, I hope you get zero sleep, okay? And so, and uh, that's true. He'll do it. It's not me giving you insomnia. That's the Lord, okay, if He's working on you. Let's head to the book of Acts chapter uh, 14, and actually Acts chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at the subject of a continuing journey. Uh, we kind of started this a couple of weeks ago, a lot of things happening, and uh, really an unfinished journey. The book of Acts is the very first works of the Lord uh, working through local New Testament churches to spread the gospel. And guess what? Did you know what happened in Acts chapter 2? which was just one church that we know of, the church at Jerusalem, waiting on the Holy Spirit to come and empower them. And that church took off because not only that did God fill the church, but the church took off and started spreading the gospel due to persecution, due to excitement, due to people's lives being changed. People's lives have been changed this week during our revival. Pray for our revival. We got a phone call this afternoon, 
and uh, from Miss Shirley Jeffers, and we was talking about the some of the uh, meal plans and this and that and whatnot, and when my family could come, and and uh, but really looking forward to, and I'm hoping that the, this week will be an encouragement for Mabelville. But did you know that in the book of Acts, and what we're going to start off here with Acts chapter 15 and this unfinished journey, uh, kind of looking at just a survey real quick before we dig in. And this isn't going to be a uh, really a long drug out series because we're just going to hit one chapter and just one chapter and one chapter. But this is kind of a survey. Acts chapter 15, uh, let's begin reading tonight with verse 7. And this is kind of, and I, what I did was I picked a highlight. Notice I didn't say the highlight, it's more of a highlight. Acts chapter 15, verse 7. And uh, what happened was, is you had a, if you titled this chapter, I would title it A Controversy in the Church. A Controversy in the Church. Acts 15, 7 says this. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did us. And put, notice this, verse 9, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith, which means this is that uh, there's no difference between the Jew nor the Greek. In other words, Gentiles can be saved. They were flabbergasted of that. And they they didn't realize that God was going to allow the whole world to hear the truth of the Bible. So they're taking their job is for these churches to take the gospel throughout the whole world. And think about this. You and I, when... uh, I was talking to somebody today about that little history booklet that we put together, Promised Land, and our church has been in existence now for a hundred and this will be 152 years, and uh, this coming June, and so 152 years of preaching the gospel in this little community. But did y'all know everywhere I go, everywhere I go, all over the world? run into somebody that either knows about promised land or has been influenced about promised land or by promised land, excuse me. And it's incredible because why? Because of our missionaries that we support, because of the uh, people that have left here and gone out and been a part of other churches or say, well, you know, I've got kinfolks buried out there. I've got family friends that grew up out there. And it's just a good, solid connection. God has blessed this church because not of because our inward look, but because of our outward look. You know, there's a big difference. If you're only looking inward, nothing wrong with looking inward. But if we forget about the outward, then we're just stuck. And so that's what I... Oh, that's what happens whenever we lose the overall goal or the overall picture. Before I leave Acts chapter 15, uh, like I said, preaching the revival down at Mabelville, did you know that they sent church members from Antioch back to the church at Jerusalem to help them work through that problem? Did y'all realize that? So one church sent church members to another church, church at Jerusalem, to help them work through a problem. What was their problem? 
got to be circumcised to be saved. No, you lost sight. You're mixing up Old Testament, New Testament. You're trying to mix in law with grace. And so they helped them work through that problem. It's a neat story. And uh, so I hope that one church, our church, me, pastor, can go up there to Mabelville over there and preach and encourage, uplift. Acts 16, if you titled Acts 16, it would be this, and we're just really speed up. Acts 16, the church at Philippi, that would be the title. That's the, there's other things that happen in this chapter, but that's it. Acts 16, verse 26. Let's take a look at This is the highlight. This is the most, one of the most awesome parts of this chapter. Acts 16, 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and was going to kill himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do thyself no harm, for we're all here. Then he said he called for a light. They came in. He came in, uh, trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The most awesome question anybody could ask. What I need to do to be saved? And then in verse 31, the, one of the most awesome answers. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And when it says in thy house, it means your whole family can too. And uh, so that's the highlight of Acts 16. Acts 17, you're going to title it, The Church at Thessalonica is started. Okay? The cool verses here, verse 10. Acts 17, 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea who coming thither went to the synagogue of the Jews. These were more nobles than, than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Because of that, verse 12 happened. Many of them believed, and also of honorable men, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. It means a bunch of people got saved that's the uh, church at Thessalonica. Chapter 18, the church at Corinth. That's what I would label this. Verse 9. Chapter 18, verse 9. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. I pick this out, kind of a highlight. It tells me this. Now, Paul's preaching. His life came under threat many times. He went through some tough times in his life. And he says, I'm sending you in this city. I've got a job for you to do. And guess what? There's going to be people that don't like your preaching. <laughs> There's going to be people that don't like the way you go about it. There's going to be people that don't like the whatever about you. Uh, Paul offended many people. But he said, don't worry. God said this. What is that right there? That's redneck commentary. I got your back. <laughs> That's pretty good. When God says, I got your back. I, I, am, I am with thee. I am with folks. If God's got your back. 
You know, the, what does the Bible says? <clears throat> if God be for us, who can be against us? But don't forget the opposite is also true. If God is against you, it doesn't matter who's for you. Because, <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll get you if he needs to get you. So this is pretty cool. Preaching, he was always in, Paul was always in trouble. Uh, Acts chapter 19. Title it, the church at Ephesus. Acts 19 verse 8. And he went in the synagogues and spake boldly by the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. And when it says in the King James, divers, and it just means different ones, were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. He departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia, what? Heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. This is awesome. Think about it. That, hey, listen. Promised land. I think about our church and this church, this church at Ephesus. If I think of Acts chapter 19 and 20, is Paul starting the church at Ephesus. And the church at Ephesus was an awesome church. They were a church that was on fire for Jesus. They were a church that was so influential, according to this, they touched the whole... It'd be like, get this, promised land affects Arkansas. Because that Asia right there is really referring to Asia Minor. Not all of Asia. That's a huge continent. But what was happening right then, and you can look back in the history and the journeys and all of that, and you see Asia Minor. And that's where that church at Ephesus really had an influence because that's where the trade was. Why did they have an influence in such a big area? I think because uh, they their church... Well, it's where that Exxon station is up there and here in Hamburg. <laughs> That's where the trade went through. They're in Ephesus. They had a huge impact. And if unless this verse is a lie, <laughs> and I don't think it is, so the church stood up for Jesus even when it was unpopular, and they said, God placed us here for a reason. And apparently God placed Promised Land here for a reason. Or we wouldn't be here 152 years later, still uh, uh, thriving and preaching and standing for the Word of God. So listen, if, as long as you... And did y'all know there's churches that are dying here in the United States? Churches that are dying here in the United States. Why? I think overall, you could sum it up and put a lot of different reasons. But they lost their focus. Or they lost their desire. Beware. Right here in Acts 19... On fire. Revelation chapter 2. Cold. You know the truth. You've got all the... You've got your uh, Sunday school book in the front and back flap. You know all the doctrines of the Bible. Nevertheless, I am somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And it was the only church that God says, I'm going to remove your candlestick. And they had all the doctrines right. But, you know, which tells me they lost their purpose. They lost their uh, uh, zeal for doing what's right in the whole purpose and everything. Acts chapter 20, 
Uh, he leaves Ephesus and headed toward Jerusalem, Acts 20, verse 22. Really the key here. And behold, I was bound in the Spirit to go into Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that my saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Basically saying this, that uh, <clears throat> God was leading him, and he was uh, a little, I think Paul was kind of nervous, because it says, and not knowing the things that shall befall me there. And so he's nervous. He's about to, oh, by the way, when he gets there, he's going to be arrested. Acts chapter 21, titled this one, uh, In Jerusalem, Arrested. I'm going to speed up here. Acts 22 is Paul's testimony, okay? He's just giving his testimony. He's preaching. Acts 23 uh, is the cool thing that I like about Acts 23, assassination attempt. Uh, I just got through reading, um, uh, even though he's a Catholic, I love to have secular reading on Bill O'Reilly. He, he wrote a book on killing Kennedy. Uh, I think his first one was Killing Lincoln. And uh, he's got uh, a couple others. Killing Patton just came out. He had another one called Killing Jesus. It's, I haven't read it yet. Looking forward to reading it. But I know it'll be from kind of a Catholic point of view. There's uh, assassination attempts uh, are always uh, uh, interesting reading because they affect how much they affect history. Well, guess what? Here in Acts 23, verses 12 through 22, a huge conspiracy to assassinate, to kill Paul and to take his life. A uh, very interesting read right there. Acts 24, titled it, Paul before Felix. The key verse, I used this other day in a sermon, Acts 24, 25. Uh, and he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix trembled and said, answered, go thy way. For this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee, which tells me, People want to serve the Lord and come to church if it's convenient. Nobody wants to do anything that's inconvenient. And that's the culture that we live in today. And, uh, and so inconvenience, nah, I think I'll wait. That's what people, the way people treat Christianity. Acts 25, if, you, if I had to label it, Paul appeals to Caesar and he's before Festus. Acts 26, Paul before Agrippa, my key verse, love this highlight, verse 28. Used it the other day, many of you know it. Acts 26, 28. Agrippa said to Paul, what? Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. So many people are almost, but almost doesn't save anyone. Acts 27 Paul headed to Rome, and this is, uh, I want to really uh, stop here for about another 60 seconds. <clears throat> Acts 27, there's two pieces. I want you to put your finger, if you're following, in your Bible. In Acts 27, verse 21, and then put your other finger, and I'm, I've got it right here, at the very last verse. But let's read 21 first. Acts 27, 21. And after a long abstinence, Paul stood in the midst of them and says, Sir, sirs, you should have listened to me. Hearken, listen. 
and not loose from Crete to gain this harm and loss, which means uh, <laughs> that's a Elizabethanian English, I told you so. <laughs> I told y'all, and that'd be kind of like uh, trying to uh, build a playground during uh, Promised Land. We bought a playground right before hunting season. You, you ain't going to get it put up till spring, okay? <laughs> You just ain't going to get much out of Promised Land Mint after hunting season's over with. I told it's going to be, and nobody told us. I told you so. That's just a great example. Okay, <laughs> that's just a great example. And so, but Paul said, "Don't be crossing the ocean during this time." And that's what happened. And uh, but here's the cool verse, verse 22. And now I exhort or encourage, be of good cheer. Nobody's going to get hurt. But the ship, it's a goner. Verse 23, there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Folks, that was an angel. When he says angel of God and whom I serve, that's Jesus appeared to Paul that night. Guess what Jesus had to say? Fear not, Paul. Verse 24, you're going to be brought before Caesar. And all them that sail with thee are going to be okay. I like that. Verse 25, I'm asking y'all to believe verse 25. What does verse 25 say? I believe God that it's going to happen. Let me ask y'all tonight, do you believe God? That it that He'll take us through, He'll help us, He'll be with us, no matter as long as we keep our eyes on Him. What does the very last verse say in this chapter? The very last verse, what does it say? Verse 44, guess what happened? I told you so about the boat, and guess who made it to shore? Everybody. I told you so about the boat, and who made it to shore? Everybody. So guess who, who was right? Jesus was right. I love that chapter. It's just a really cool passage of Scripture. I believe God, and it's going to happen. And guess what happened? It happened. <laughs> Verse 44. Verse 28, uh, excuse me, chapter 28 is the last one, is Paul in Rome. And, it, and I love the way the book does not end with his death. Not too long after this. Now, there's a couple different versions of history, but uh, a couple different versions of history say that right after this, okay, he's, when he gets to the end of Rome, he gets put in a, he's not, uh, in a uh, hard prison, he's in a condo prison because he has it, he gets to go in and out, but he's always got the handcuffs on or he's always got a guard with him. Okay, so he had a little bit of freedom. Now, two accounts happen in history at the end of Acts 28. Some say that he appealed to Caesar and it wasn't too much longer that Nero got him and chopped off his head. Some say, according to history, one account, it just means on timing, that he got out of prison, helped finish the church at Rome there, and may have made one more little journey, but he couldn't make it to Spain, which was his ultimate goal. And uh, and then he was rearrested, and then either way, according to history, we know that both ends the same way. He, he was beheaded, but it's not recorded here, okay? This is the cool part in Acts 28. The way it ends, and uh, verse 24, Acts 28, 24, 
And some believed the things which were spoken, and some not believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they, they departed after that. Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, the prophet unto our father, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. In their eyes they have closed, that they should see with their ears and hear with, excuse me, see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. <clears throat> it's you and me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm glad that verse is in there because <laughs> that's us. All right. That is sent unto the Gentiles and they that, that, Notice verse at the end of verse 28, there you are. Your name's mentioned in the Bible. They that what? Will hear it. You heard it one day. Now hear what? Ever how many thousand years later? And when they heard these words, the Jews departed some and had reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt there two whole years in his own hired house, received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him, which means that uh, he had a lot of freedom until he was either sentenced or rearrested, either way. But folks, I'm so thankful for Promised Land. I'm so thankful. The title of this series again, and Kenneth, you can throw it back up on the screen. The title of this series again is An Unfinished Journey. It's unfinished. You know why? Has he come back yet? See, you know, so he said, go. Guess what? We're still going. He said, preach. Guess what? We're still preaching. He said, baptize. Guess what? We're still baptizing. And uh, he said, people will be saved. Guess what? People are still being saved. That's why it's an unfinished journey. And so until he calls you home, I ask you to go with me on this journey. I ask you to go with me on this journey. Continue to tell other everybody our job is to send support elsewhere and preach the word here. We'll send support elsewhere and preach the word here. We got a job to do. There's a lot of did y'all know there? there we, did we have a crowded church this morning? Jeff said about 366 here this morning, and so that was pretty crowded. But guess what? Did y'all know that there were a lot of people sitting at home? A lot of people sitting at home. Mm-hmm. And we, so we got a job to do, and uh, and I don't care if I'm, we're not in competition with any other church out there. I don't care if they go over here. I don't care if they go over there. As long as they're hearing the truth, and if they're hearing the truth, I want every church to be filled up. I want every church. So it's an unfinished journey as we get ready for a hymn invitation. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for this time. I realize that it all got started back there. In the book of Acts, the church is, is launched, really. You established it during your personal ministry, but, dear Lord, you launched us out. Help us to continue to stay moving, to continue to stay preaching uh, up, down, good or bad, to through the tough times, the good times, the hard times. Dear Lord, help us to always stay true to you, even when we don't feel like it. 
uh, to say, I, I, I know I need to do this because this, it's the right thing to do. And to tell others about you, to encourage other people, to lift people up. And help us to learn from these role models and these examples. In Jesus' name, amen.